Juventini, welcome back to the AJC. I'm Alberto and I got my man Omar with me. It has been a while since we've been live, so looking forward to this and just chatting all things Juve. And to say what's up to uh, Animesh and Marzio in here. Let's go Juve. We're going to talk all things. Vlaovic and Chiesa seem to be a big topic as of late because future still throwing some rumblings out there but uh i think it's safe to say uh where we think it's heading as far as those two and we're definitely going to get into that but uh omar first and foremost how are you doing my friend oh i'm all good it's been a while it has been a while gotta get used to yeah. everything again and then my studio's been down for a bit and i had some issues and i finally got it back rolling again so it's good for that Mr. D's coming in here. Ciao, ciao, everybody. This show's going to be kind of like a recap of what's going on in news. We're going to talk about the Milan game a little bit more um, just because we didn't really get a chance to. I did a, a quick, like, YouTube short on my thoughts coming out of it and whatnot, but we'll get into it a little bit more. And uh, this is a good time for all of you joining us to uh, just get your question in, okay? And uh, just any questions you have, whatnot, I'll answer it the best of my ability. Um, Romeo's been out on uh, holidays in Ibiza and whatnot, so he's kind of been quiet, but uh, Mirko very much in the thick of things, but uh, we will uh, chat. Uh, the the uh, Gonzalez deal, I believe you mean. Um, not Rodriguez, I believe you mean Gonzalez. Facundo Gonzalez. That deal should be getting finalized. He's actually expected in Turin tomorrow, but we'll talk about that and definitely get into that. Uh, ciao, Dells. Ciao, everybody. Um, Omar, real quick before we get into the news and whatnot, the game, the Milan uh, friendly and whatnot. What were your takeaways coming out of that game? Overall, a bit. I mean, I was positive. It was a fine game. Both defenses looked rusty and still need to work but the attack you know some of the players look sharper than i expected for first match it wasn't all that bad maybe someone make it out to be but i didn't expect a whole lot and i just looked at the individual performances and some were impressive some were meh but overall good first game yeah I was going to say the same, like uh, my take were first off, you can't get too crazy on friendlies. Um, one thing that did stand out to me is that this time last year, physically, as far as the conditioning of the players speak, we seem to look a little bit better as far as physical condition goes in this one than we did this time last yeah. year. Um, and that more just looks like, uh, speaking to uh the majority of the starters who started that game against friendly and by the time the uh subs came in and whatnot i remember the friendlies last year it was like they should have been off another probably 15 to 20 minutes earlier uh based on conditioning and whatnot so that was something that was a positive as far as the players go everybody faded in from like poor moments and good moments um Chiesa looked strong which is a big positive for Juventus um I yeah. think as far as 
anybody who might still have doubts physically or whatnot, I think we could put that to rest. He looks really, really good as far as the physical aspect uh, goes. Would you agree? Yeah. Yeah, he looked as sharp as he did before the injury. And the yeah. sharpest we've seen him since. Took him a yeah. while, but they, they're saying he's training regularly and he looks very good in training. So I was expecting a higher level from him and we got it. I, it was exactly what I expected based on yeah. reports. Now, Weya. We should talk about Weya. Weya, caught, number one, caught me off guard with how fast he actually is. Um, a couple 50-50 balls where I didn't think he was going to get there. He actually did get in there, especially beating Tamori to one who's no slouch by any means. Um, his pace is going to be very much uh, welcome, but he's he's really good technically too, like technically sound. And um, yeah, I just uh, I hope we can get him in those types of scenarios often and learn to use it as one of our main uh, transitions because from this game the same thing remains as it has for the past couple seasons it's the transition for us it's going from defense to attack where we really need to strengthen and Weya can definitely help out in that aspect big time uh your thoughts on Weya? yeah so he actually had to challenge in his first game one of the best left sides in Europe. I mean, Teo and Leao is not an easy feat to accomplish. And he did relatively well, and Leao moved to the right at some point in the first half. But all in all, it was good. It was good. Yeah. I liked what I saw. I knew he, was, he had great pace, and he had some technique. I don't know about his finishing and defensive ability. I haven't watched him enough, especially in those positions, but... I was impressed. I mean, if we don't, we don't have conference league, so he doesn't have to play every three days. That's a big boost, and he can really lock in that right hand side role. Yeah. Did we play three five two, Johnny? As for those of you who didn't watch the game, whatnot, yes, it was three five two. There was a um, Cambiasso was another one had a lot of eyes on him in the first half that he uh, played and whatnot before uh, Kostic ended up coming in. What were what were you seeing out of Cambiasso? What were your thoughts on his performance? I thought, I thought offensively he was better. I mean, we were lacking a bit in that area, especially Sandro plays there, and Kostic is a different type of beast. He's a different type of player. Um, so it wasn't something we saw in the past three, four years, that type of play from the left. That's usually what we get from we got from Corrado on the right. Um, defensively, he was off. Everyone was off. Him too. It takes a bit of bit of a work. It's more like cohesion between the back line, where to stand, where to push up, when to cover, where to cover, all of those stuff. You get that with with time, but as an overall uh, performance, I think it was okay, relatively okay. Yeah. Room for improvement. I thought offensively same thing he was good defensively i thought it was really really bad uh from cambiaso um just in and you know again you don't want to take too much in these friendlies and whatnot but we're talking about basic you know fronting your uh your man and at least forcing him backwards he couldn't accomplish that once with pulisic 
Um, he just could not do it. Uh, Danilo had to help him out a lot uh, on that side. And it, it, there's a lot of work to be done there defensively. I mean, Pulisic, Pulisic can play. He's quick. Uh, he's got good uh, agility. He's got good lateral movement. It was creating fits for uh, Cambiasso. There's a lot of work there that has to be done with Cambiasso uh, defensively. I'm not sure. Um, obviously, there's another one coming up against uh, Real Madrid, whatnot, and the rest of the training. And then there are some, I uh, believe, one more for sure friendly once they return uh, back home and whatnot before we kick season off and whatnot. But yeah, I need to see a little bit more a little bit more defensively uh, at Cambiaso, friendly or not, uh, needs to sharpen up there. As far as when we made the substitutions, we got uh, youngsters coming in there. Kostic ended up coming out as a left wing back and taking Cambiaso off. But what that did was when certain other youngsters got in, they played in certain roles. Obviously, we saw Keenan Yildiz play up top. Uh, but we got uh, Illing Jr., as a Metzala next to Hans Nicolusi Caviglia. And then we had Nonje on the other side. What was your take on watching Illing Jr. as that Metzala? And obviously we were hearing about rumblings about Max uh, going to try that and whatnot. What, what, were you, what was your takeaway on that for the brief 30 minutes we saw it really? Yeah, it took me a while. To understand where he's playing because I saw I kind of missed uh, that substitution live and then I saw both him and Kostic took me a while to figure out where he's playing I wasn't overly impressed um, but I don't know it's hard to judge based on 30 minutes first friendly of the season to really gauge a player I'm not a scout I don't presume to be so haven't seen anything special or different I Highly doubt he'll get a chance to play there again during the season. And we got to remember, it was a depleted squad. We were missing some key players there that if they were there, he wouldn't have played. We didn't have both Rabio and Fajoli. Rovella was injured. Uh, Barena Che obviously didn't play. So I don't think he'll get a chance to play there again. Maybe during the friendlies, but not in the season. Yeah, Ilin Jr. in the Metzala was... Um... It's obviously nowhere near enough time to judge, but just on that game, it looked like he was trying to play his typical game out on the touchline out of that role, and it wasn't translating, obviously, the way we would have liked it to. So it really... Yeah. It just... It yeah, it, it didn't look good, but, you know, that's something that's going to take a lot more time uh, if they want to go that route and play him out there for the time being. I think if we saw Illing Jr. where Kostic was, there was some sequences. I think Illing might have done more damage than Kostic. Kostic just very, very quick to cross the ball in. And sometimes there's only one target sitting in the area, whatnot. There are trailing options. Again, something that'll have to be worked on and everything. We are going to get to a couple questions. Sule was the other played right wing back. We saw that last year, though. I didn't mm -hmm. like that then. I still don't like it now, to be honest. No, no. We need we need another signing at right back, someone else who can play if Wea gets injured or just as a substitute. Uh, our only real option right now is Danilo. 
someone who is a bit more familiar with that role, but I don't like him there. Maybe Cambiasso. I mean, he did play there for Bologna. And one more player to mention who deserves the mention is Pinsolio, who apparently played because Perrin was a bit injured. He had something with his shoulder. And he won us that penalty kick duel. So credit to him. Everyone was happy for him. Oh, yeah. Pinsolio, uh, these are the moments uh, for him, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> He's happy yeah. to be a third string, uh, comes in still very, very capable keeper. Uh, that's the one thing that gets me. Very, very mm-hmm. capable keeper. Um, one thing we got to get to with Sule playing out of position there and Jat's coming in there with his thoughts on Illing and uh, Sule being played out of position. It actually gave us uh gave us more opportunity to see what Dean Hewson can do who actually played in the third center back role behind Sule actually had to clean up a lot for Sule yeah. and I saw some mixed reviews from Juventini out there some that were saying oh he's got a lot of work to do everybody's got to pump the brakes look when it comes to our young players everybody's got to remain patient just period period but I actually liked Houston's game, and I think he looked more poised than I would expect for an 18-year-old, whether it's a friendly or not. You're playing against uh, Milan and whatnot, and uh, you're playing with still uh, a few of uh, the starting guys, but it's actually a little bit more difficult, I think, to step into that moment when you have Nonje as the Metsala ahead of you, Nicolusi Caviglia, Illing Jr., another makeshift uh, Metsala there, and Sule as a right wing back. I think that actually makes it much more difficult for him stepping in, even if at that point Milan had its youngsters in there. But I was actually really happy with his composure and how poised he was. Um, the PK he took too just shows you oh, um, yeah. how poised he was. Uh, steps up and side foots it nicely, uh, easily. Um, but your thoughts on Houston? I was impressed. I would even go further and say that out of all the youngsters, he was the most impressive one. I was actually impressed with him. With how calm he was. I mean, I know it's a friendly and it's a tour and everything, but still... He didn't look shaken for one minute or didn't know what to do, was caught like in two minds. He was he always knew exactly what he wanted to do and he managed to pull it off. I mean, and we didn't concede. That's yeah. a fact. So yeah. a friendly, I was impressed out of all the youngsters. I think he was the one who looked most ready to go. Yeah. It's um it, it, yeah, I think Houston. We gotta talk about like I was. I was very, very impressed. Miretti was impressive, also coming in from LG. I actually do believe Miretti was very, very good uh, on the ball. Yeah. Uh, definitely helped in terms of some offensive scenarios. I want to ask you where your stance is on Miretti. Everybody knew my stance was I'd like to see him loaned out this year or whatnot. Are you on that same uh, wavelength? loaning him out do you think Miretti can make uh the case for him with a couple preseason games left to stay with us no i i still believe that the loan would be the best solution for him especially when we just renewed him that shows faith from the club in him and so i do believe alone because i don't want him rotting on the bench for most of the season or pushed into positions that he's not used to playing 
if we want him to play regularly and be ready, he needs minutes. All the youngsters need minutes. And if we can't guarantee him that, then send him out on loan. Even Serie B, like Fajoli did, that was a good run for him. And I believe Miretti should also do the same, especially when we don't know what happens with all of our midfielders. What's the situation around Pogba, Zakaria, McKenny? Are they leaving, staying? If we're bringing in another midfielder, yeah. Um, Miretti seems a bit out of place in that roster right now. The midfield is where I really honestly have no idea what Max is going to do. Um, we know Rovella's yeah. got injured. He's out 10 to 15 days. If it does go the duration, the 15 days, that takes him to around August 12th, 13th, which is seven days before kickoff um, to the new season. Not the best timing for uh, Rovella to get injured. Hans Nicolusi Cavilli is one more, the last player I want to talk about in that friendly because he was very, very strong when he came in uh, in that holding role, the regista role in the midfield three. He was very, very strong. Um, and there was already rumors well before that friendly took place that he could be sticking around um, this season. Uh, what did you think about Hans? He had a good game. I think it was good. Uh, I wouldn't go, you know, as far to say he was the best midfielder, but he was better than I expected after what I saw when he played in Salernitana. Um, I don't see how he fits in. I mean, it's the same as the Miretti case. Uh, maybe even sell him, but I, I want him to play, but I don't see it happening. Yeah. I mean, yeah, performance here and there without Conference League, no chance he gets any solid minutes this season. Yeah. See what happens. Like I said, the midfield is, uh, it's got a lot of question marks. Um, so now we'll talk a little bit more in depth. Uh, Jat saying, I wasn't concerned about conditioning where the players having good bad moments, but what was different from last season? So Jad saw no changes tactically and what happened to the new high press we heard about. So in terms of what I saw that was different was certain sequences, uh, certain sequences with certain players that helped us again where we need the most help, which is transitioning, transitioning from the defensive phase to the offensive phase. Um, in terms of the press or whatnot, no, we definitely didn't see uh, a lot of uh, pressing or whatnot other than uh, a little bit from minutes, maybe 30 to 40 or whatnot. But honestly, Gatti and his switch field was massive. Spotting out uh, Chiesa on a number of occasions, the quick one-twos and even freeing up Wea to make uh, runs and actually playing balls over the top to try and attack space. These are things we don't do nearly enough of last season. We're starting to work that more. When Milan was ruling out Locatelli, that's what we were doing. We were starting to use the outside defenders. They would capitalize on the space, move the ball forward, and then Gatti would uh, launch the ball there, or we would go through the Metzales and try some one-twos. There are some new sequences, but again, it's so early in the season, we still have to wait. Uh, through this game and whatnot, even if we were frustrated in terms of tactics or anything like that, ultimately... Juve's only downfall on the goals was set-piece defending, and we just got to get out of this zone thing. The zone thing is just terrible. 
uh, Omar. Yeah. We can't we can't yeah, be uh, zoning up on that. Uh, but as far as this goes, it's way too early to tell exactly how we're going to approach everything. And again, the roster, the lineup, the starting eleven is going to change everything as well. But uh, Miretti was very very good in there at the start. Uh, in terms of helping us when Locatelli was um, essentially man-marked out. So it's going to be interesting to see with other guys in there, you know, Rabio, uh, Paul Pogba. God, this guy's got to get back training with the group even. But uh, it'll be interesting to yeah. see what uh, develops there. But not a huge yeah. amount of changes you're going to see just yet, I think. The, the most... The most important one I've seen was actually the switch between Wea and Quadrado. Because I th- I think Quadrado in the past two seasons has been one of the reasons we can't go out on the offense because he kept the ball too long and eventually passed it back and tried to dribble and ignore the rule that the ball can travel faster than you. And that was a big problem. Uh, I didn't see that with Wea. So hopefully that will change. Other than that, I mean... I'm always saying, you've talked about it in the last podcast, how I'm against those friendlies against the top-tier teams like Real and Barcelona because we don't get to work on the offensive phase. We, I expected us to defend most of the time. I want to see we play against, against some minor teams where they can control the play and then see how the attack works. Yeah. I still... So... Um, we got here from Veda. The transition is systematic. We need a system, and that was the obvious problem in the past two years. Um, LJJ saying, we all seen the ball going left all the time last season. Very predictable. Now with the right side, I believe Juve will do much better. Well, there's that. And there's also the fact that Weston McKenney was one of the Metzalas at the start there while Wea was on there. It changes drastically yeah. if all of a sudden you got a guy like Pogba there. And it, like, say the midfield is Pogba... Locatelli, Rabio. Even if you get Fagioli in there, if it was Miretti, Locatelli, Fagioli, that changes things tremendously, and it also yeah. helps the balance from left side to right side. But Wea is a huge, huge piece of that puzzle that I think will bring balance to us being able to go, not just always up left side, right side as well, and whatnot. So again, these are things that time will tell. We'll have to wait and see. Um, getting away from the game. And one thing that, again, I think Keane looked good from a physical standpoint and everything. But I think, again, it's getting that link up. Getting that connection between our forwards. Because Chiesa did his best while drifting away. And again, going out to the touchline and everything like that. Keane didn't have enough work for my liking. And that's again, system play and getting everybody involved and whatnot. So again, I want to see our strikers more involved this season. That's something we got to work on for sure. Yeah. Devinter. So it seems more and more, and obviously more rumors uh, sparking up today that Devinter is going to be leaving. Um, What are your thoughts on this Omar? Not excited about it. I I think there's a good player in there um, in a position we're sort of lacking and not too much. We have cover-ups. It's just a shame to to lose him. But these are the circumstances. I mean, sometimes you just got to part ways with someone. The question is how? Because 
it was reported before he came back that he's not looking for another loan and he wants to be integrated into the team. Um, so if you ever manage to loan him out again, that might be good and you can still use him next season. If they sell him, you know, for the right price, sucks a bit because we've seen what happened with like uh, Romero and maybe not Demiral, but he's already here. He's already signed on a contract. I don't want us shipping him out and then going again to buy another CB next season or even this summer. Yeah. But I get his point of view too. I mean, he wants to play. He's been to what, two loans now? Yeah. I think that's that's enough. Yeah. It's it's, enough. Again, this is so an, another one of the questions here is um, any changes with Banucci's stance and whatnot uh, coming in from Davide. There's no changes with Banucci. Everything you're hearing is that he's not applying himself to the opportunities that are in front of him from other clubs because he is hell-bent on convincing Max Allegri and remaining at Juventus. So that's it still remains there. But when we look at a guy like De Winter, and obviously we'll talk about uh, the Facundo Gonzalez deal, which should be getting finalized early this week. Maybe that's the move that uh, sealed the fate of De Winter. Uh, maybe there's just still not enough there that they're seeing. Maybe it's the fact that he does have a lot of interest. We have to generate a certain number in sales as well. Like there's a lot of factors that come into play here. Um, I don't personally like seeing DeVinter go. I think he should have been brought in this season. But again, I also felt Banucci should be going. Sandro should be going. And that would give us a couple spots. Um, for center backs that could play De Winter being one. And then again, I thought I figured we would be trying to find a more, a higher profile uh, CB to come in here. However, Facundo Gonzalez, I mean, we could talk about this and how we feel about him because there are some Juventini that are saying with this deal coming in, he should be brought in immediately and be seeing minutes and whatnot. And it's still in question whether he's going to come in and just go to loan immediately. So it's one of these things that I, I don't really know. Like when you look at your main three, it's going to be Bremer, Danilo, and Gatti. No question. Unless you get another profile that could see um, Gatti being pushed aside. But I also don't like that uh, because mm -hmm. I think we should start you got to start pushing guys through and seeing what you have there and everything so if you get uh gatti up there make him part of that main three and then from there you have a devinter uh we still have rugani who came into that milan game looked good again always reliable for the past two years now whatnot doing his job and happy to be fourth fifth sixth whatever on the depth chart no problem there you have a devinter and even a facundo gonzalez in there I have no problems with that, to be honest with you. So, Omar, what, what, are your, what are your thoughts on that? Okay, I think Facundo will go straight to the next-gen or the U23 team first. Uh, I do believe he'll get some minutes in the, during the season. But there is a key factor here, which is the Conference League. And when you don't play Conference League, you don't need 
six center backs. And it looks like Sandro isn't going anywhere this season, so is Rugani. So we're left with five without including Hoysen. And Bonucci, God knows what will happen with him. I just don't see any room, which is a shame. I would have liked Rugani. I, I would have liked our fifth CB to be one of the youngsters. We'll get a chance here and there, even in a season without European competition. Um, Facundo is interesting. That sounds like a Gentoli move for me. Uh, watch the U20 World Cup. So who's the best performer there in defense and immediately acted? That's a very low price. Uh, what was it? Three million, I believe. Um, and that's the direction you are taking. So I'm not surprised. Just too bad for the winter. I think there's a really good player in there. Yeah. So the interesting thing about uh, so the details of the Facundo Gonzalez deal: three million euros uh, purchase price. Um, a twenty percent right now being rumored uh, resale uh, percentage going to Valencia. Um, and five-year deal for the player uh, at Juventus. It's interesting hearing thoughts from people that follow uh, Uruguay and whatnot because I was reading up on Twitter and I was looking. I always like to see what other fans are saying about moves and whatnot, and the majority didn't like the fact that he was coming to Juventus. And it wasn't a Juventus thing. It was an Italian football thing because they kept talking about the fact that he's going to go there. He's not going to get the opportunities required or the minutes required to make the steps that he's capable of and needs to. They preferred him going to or staying in Spain and whatnot or going to uh, even Portugal or whatnot. So that was the feelings uh, that I was reading from the majority of uh, people that follow Uruguay and whatnot. As far as uh, what I like about this move, obviously financial, um, Aldo said it in here, it's low risk, very, very low risk move for Juventus. High, high potential uh, payback on it. With Facundo, it's interesting reading up on his profile and whatnot because I will say I, bear, I saw a little bit uh, through that U20 tournament and whatnot. But what's interesting reading his scouting profile and everything is the fact that he is more of your standoffish defender and clean-up defender and whatnot. Because if you look at our guys, um, Danilo is kind of more in that role and whatnot, but Bremer, Gatti, those guys are more of your aggressors and whatnot. So it's nice to see... Um, here that he's more of a standoffish guy that could potentially develop through his years uh, into some type of general, which will be great. But the thing is, too, is that he's left-footed and he is very, very good at moving the ball, distributing the ball, especially long switch field passing and whatnot. So there's there's a lot of good things to his game uh, to like and whatnot. So uh, it'll be uh, interesting to see what Juve's decision is, but I'm with you. I feel he's going to be going to uh, next-gen. But uh, I don't necessarily know if it's something that we have to do. If we can't find a solution for Sandro and we're just holding him back, but we know it's Max feeling that comfort with a guy like Sandro and his experience being back there as your number four. It is what it is. Yeah, Facundo, I also note he's very good in the air. He's a tall guy. Um, 
I don't know what to make of him yet. I've only watched him for two games. He hasn't played for Valencia's first team, only for their U19 or something, which is fine. He was included in the team of the tournament, both him and the other centre-back who played for Uruguay with him. I was about to say that it's always good to have a Uruguayan and a Croatian in your team. But having looked back, we, we our last guys were Bentancur and Piazza, so it doesn't help Juve too much. But before that, Mandzukic, and we can all remember Montero, another Uruguayan defender. I think those the guys from those countries have sort of a different DNA when it comes to football, something that you really need in your team. And... And it suits Juve. I think we're lacking that type of mentality a bit. But time will tell. I mean, he's very young and I haven't watched him enough to make a concrete decision. I'm sure he had more options. I'm sure it's his choice to come to Juve. If he had offers from Portugal or from Spain, he chose Juve for a reason. Maybe some promises were made to him. I don't know. I'm speculating. But it wasn't like his last resort. He chose Juve when they came knocking. Yeah, it's going to be, again... Very, very interesting. Uh, very, very highly, highly touted prospect. So it's going to be uh, interesting to see how this all plays out. Reminder, everybody, you have questions, you want something uh, discussed here or whatnot, fire away in the chat. And don't forget to like the video, okay? Uh, it all helps. Now, Conference League. I saw it pop up in the live chat there and some uh, thoughts and feelings put out there with uh, the news. Finally getting the ruling okay, that we waited for for so long, but it was as expected. Juve's not in Conference League this season. We're eligible for European play the following season, however. So, Omar, your thoughts on Champions League, or Conference League, sorry, going away. Um, did you Do you see this as a benefit, or would you think that playing in Conference League would have been a bigger benefit for the young guys? Maybe depends how Allegri was planning to address it. Uh, it could have been a good place to, you know, get around for some of the younger guys, or you take it very seriously and want to win it, and then all your main guys play, so the youngsters get a chance in the league. But either way, it's not happening, and I'm sure it will affect the Mercado and who stays and who leaves. It takes a lot of games out of the schedule. Overall, for Juve, I, I think it's good. I mean, the money lost here is not that significant. It's not a big amount, nothing we can work with. Um, and it does take a lot of your time. And the Thursday games uh, takes a lot of energy from the players. Then they have to play again on Sunday. And we know the Italian league doesn't, you know, help the teams too much with those schedules. If we're in a rebuilding phase and... We want a season of a bit more quietness and less eyes on Juve all the time. I think that's a good thing. Playing in the Conference League, well, fine. If we do play it, I do want us to win it. But I'm I'm not too disappointed that we're not in there. And we all knew that what was going to happen Yeah. eventually. We know where I am. I mean, it wasn't a shock. I'm, in a sense, surprised a little bit because it would be a big draw for that tier of yeah you know having uv in there so i was a i'm a little bit surprised but not really ultimately because we just kept hearing that that was going to be the case and that was part of an agreement juventus had made so is what it is um it does uh and this is going to be the interesting thing 
because this is a very, very big deal, especially financial standpoint and whatnot that Aldo's talking about is missing conference league affects the chances of playing in the new club world cup in the next two years, which would be a big setback. It doesn't seal the deal though, however. And uh, again, I would still expect Juve in that club world cup. We have to see how everything plays out, but that is going to be a big deal. Um, especially uh, financially and whatnot. Juve's going to definitely want to be in there, but we'll see what happens. Conference League, um, it would have been great from an experience standpoint. What's interesting now is the shift in discussion around Juve only playing domestically because now you have fans... And I, I've seen it. I've seen it come down the pipe. And of course, it depends on what your personal overview is of everything going on. But there's already those saying, no more excuses. No excuses this year. Only playing domestically. Got to get after it. And expect to be competing for the Scudetto. And you immediately have those. And you can tell what preference or what narrative each is playing to just by what I'm saying, because there's already those countering that saying with pretty much the same squad. So there you have it. You have those saying no excuses. Uh, now one competition to focus on Copitalia as well, but uh, immediately fire back with, with a, a squad that's barely changed. Omar, I want your thoughts on this now and how you see it. The squad has changed mainly in the rotational roles. I mean, the the first team is kind of the same. You know, the starting eleven who will play are kind of the same, a bit sort of tweaks here and there. But the talent pool we have to play the youngsters we can play in rotational roles is far better than the one we had last season especially the seasons before that uh, which is a good thing i think it's a positive angle to look at juve uh, right now and some of those guys you know when we don't have the money to spend if we discover even one or two of them will become players who will be part of juve in the next three four years that's a very good thing and according to what the club said they are aiming to go for the young talent and not shopping you know with big money for big profile players i don't know it's kind of the same team but the talent pool is different i mean there's there are huge question marks over a lot of players which i find interesting yeah but at the end of the day the question is allegri and what's his view of all of that and if we have all those young talents and eventually Sandro is the one who plays most of the games, it doesn't really matter who we have on the bench. Yeah. I will say this right now. We have to compete. We have to compete uh, for the Scudetto. Um, I understand. Oh, no question. No I understand question. fans saying that, uh, well, the team hasn't changed a lot. But in a sense, that should actually help you from a chemistry standpoint. The fact that there isn't a massive around uh, amount of turnover. The fact that you have added some, your rotational pieces could potentially be a lot stronger. Um, some health, some health factors. Having Chiesa for right out of the gate to a season 
should help you. That should help you a lot, um, especially for a team that struggled in the final third um, throughout last year, even when he did finally get back. Having him looking how he does uh, physically right now should be big for this team. Um, and if we are quick to brush this off by saying, well, the team hasn't changed much and this is, uh, this is it and I'm expecting no changes, well, that's, that's a shame. And I can't get behind that. Um, I just, I really, really can't. Um, it's Max is the highest paid uh, manager. I expect him to uh, do better. Um, and if we're not doing better, again, the, the same criticisms I had will come back because we have to be making progress. You have to be moving forward. Uh, this thing with the roster and everything like that, sure, if there's some shortcomings here and there, but ultimately it just there's no room for excuses and at the at the end of the day you got to be making progress getting better so i expect us to be battling for it inter's doing some great work uh you hear their name in there you see it in the live chat whatnot um looking like favorites they probably will end up being favorites i don't know how any of it's working with 840 million euro debt that they're still pulling these moves and seemingly haven't sold that much but uh yeah but but they have lost some key players they have lost they have. they've lost brozovic they lost uh, screener they lost lukaku they lost zeko Bilanova didn't extend robin gossens left i mean they they did lose a few important players in their roster so we'll see how it works out but overall i think some of the teams that were competing against us are weaker than they were last season for Napoli to replace someone like him and Jay will not be an easy feat. I don't know what they're going to do. Milan, I don't know yet. Uh, we'll have to see how the new signings are integrated. Roma have actually gotten better. Lazio have lost Milinkovic-Savic. I mean, there are some changes overall in the league and we're not done yet. I mean, we're halfway through the Mercado. A lot can still happen for Juve and for the other teams. So. I don't know if Inter are the favorites. I think Napoli are still the favorites. Um, but I actually think go. this season is going to be wide open. Yeah, I, I do believe it will be wide open, not a one-horse race like we had last season. Um, but I can't point out, you know, someone who's definitely the front runner to win. Yeah, yeah, it. I I'm with you there. I can't spot looking at the clubs and the changes that have gone down anybody that's just going to be far out uh, ahead of the rest um some teams made some improvements others took some hits while still picking up uh, some pieces and whatnot it's going to be interesting to see how it all plays out i still feel the same about our team as i have the past several seasons juve is juve's worst enemy um we have to figure ourselves out um I think we're fully capable of it. I, you know, when we talk about roster and the roster gets uh, attacked and whatnot, um, when things aren't going our way and everything, I don't actually see our roster as that bad. Are there areas for improvement? Absolutely. But at the end of the day, we got to get more out of these guys too, because what we've been seeing is 
not even up to what we should be out of them. So even to say that our roster is that bad, well, I don't think we're we're getting uh, enough out of uh, the guys we do have. But health yeah. is going to be that big, big uh, asterisk next to Juventus as it is all the time. And not guys, playing conference is actually good in that no conference is good for our health, essentially. Yeah. 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 It and should we got, be. We got a fact, yeah, it should be. And we got to factor in the surprise element because at this time last season, no one expected Napoli to be the champions, uh, even be in the running for Scudetto after losing Insigne, Koulibaly, Fabian Ruiz. And it came out of nowhere. So... And especially Spalletti, who no one expected to win anything. And they have lost him too. So, I don't know, a lot of changes, even in management roles. The surprise factor is always there, and one team can suddenly be something no one expected. Yeah. And speaking to Aldo, the balance of the squad, weak points are really weak. Has the balance been helped at all? We haven't even really made any moves, but is the balance that bad right now? No. Um, I'll, I'll tell you why. I mean, there, there's one guy who's in charge of it, and that's Allegri. I think we have the players in our roster to build a good team, a good competitive team. It's just he doesn't usually play the guys that we all think should play and tends to the other guys. And sometimes it works, like with Rabio. And sometimes it doesn't. I mean, it was obvious Bonucci couldn't play football anymore. Not at the top level, at least. And Sandro, I've mentioned him earlier. If he's going to play a lot of minutes this season, then it doesn't really matter who we sign or not. And so I agree. There are weak links. It's up to Allegri to recognize them and have the balls to bench some of these guys. Yeah. Yeah, it's, again, there's so many question marks as far as who's even going to be around come season start that uh yeah. we really got to look at that first are there going to be some more moves coming who really knows selling we've got to sell that is the main thing we still have to generate uh quite a bit of numbers we still have quite a few guys we have to find solutions for alex p coming in here and saying that uh we this is a, a very important season coming up and we need to get rid of all the question marks in terms of availability he says sell vlaovic pogba and rovella while we can can't sell able bodies to get left high and dry so vlaovic Pogba, Rovella. I want to start this off by saying the rumors that the media was pushing around that now without Conference League, Juve has to sell um, Vlaovic, Chiesa, like a big profile player, uh, simply untrue, okay? Um, there's a number they have. They don't have to sell these guys. If they had to sell these guys, it would be pushed a lot harder. It wouldn't be a scenario where you're just like, ah, if a strong offer comes in, we'll consider it. It wouldn't be that, okay? If they had to move one of these guys, the push would have definitely been there. You also wouldn't have seen these guys be going through camp the way they have been because of a risk of something going down when you're trying to move them. 
Vlaovic has to be stated yeah. that there's still concerns with uh, the groin and pubalgia and whatnot. That's not ideal to hear. He's not expected to get in for the uh, game in Orlando coming up against Real Madrid. But all signs are pointing to be him being ready for season start, which is great. But as far as um, having, to, having to sell these guys... Absolutely not. You don't have to. I actually believe Vlaovic and Chiesa will both be around uh, once season starts here. As far as Pogba, Vlaovic, Rovella selling, what's your take on moving those guys, Omar, if the opportunity presents itself? Who again? Pogba, Rovella? Uh, He said sell Pogba, Vlaovic, Rovella while you can. I, I wouldn't give up on Blahovic yet. Um, we've talked about Pogba. I mean, if he's healthy, he's a level above the rest of the team, but he isn't. So I do agree there. If we get a chance to sell him, preferably to Saudi Arabia to generate some money off of him, I would do that. We're stacked in midfield and we can keep, you know, hovering around this situation with Pogba all the time. And he does have a big salary. Ravella, no. Absolutely not. I don't see anyone playing that Lucatelli role in our squad right now. If we do sign someone like Cassie, who's been mentioned in the past two weeks, then I might change my mind. But yes to Pogba, no to Vlahovic, no to Rivera. Yeah, so for me, with Vlahovic, I'm kind of with you. I, I wouldn't do it just yet. Um, in terms of Pogba, my preference... And this is just because there is absolutely nobody that touches him as far as quality goes on the squad. My preference would be if he takes a pay cut and stays. Uh, that's my ultimate preference with Pogba. That's if an solution. offer came in, you would have to consider it. You, you, would, you would absolutely have to consider it. But you would still have to try and get some serious quality in terms of creation on this team. That's my feeling with the Pogba thing. You'd have to. Yeah. It's a like, it's a difficult question. I mean, we don't really have an answer. I don't believe Juve still has an answer. The whole situation is weird. Uh, when he got injured last time, we heard it was like a month thing. That was almost three months ago. And he's still injured, still not training, not playing. We have no idea what's his deal. I already said my piece about him in a few podcasts. So I won't go go over that again. But physically, as a player at the top level, I think he's kind of done. I don't think his body can take it anymore. Yeah. The Rovella thing with injury prone and whatnot, it's kind of funny when you break down the details. Um, 2021... I think he was out like three times and maybe missed four games or something or five games. Um, 21-22 was awful from a injury standpoint for Rovella. That was a bad season when it came to injuries. A lot of being out. However, then the following one, the um, 21-22, not so bad. Sorry, 21-22 was the bad one. 22-23, a couple times out or whatnot. But has to be stated, too, when you look at the types of injuries and what's going on. A lot of knocks. There's quite a few. The majority, I believe, are knocks. He had a flu in there as well and whatnot. So it's 
kind of misleading when you're just looking at the numbers of him being out or whatnot, but it is something you have to consider. I'm just not there yet where you have to get rid of him. I'm not quite there yet um, because out of the three Serie A seasons he's had, only that one season in the middle was a really bad one from an injury standpoint. The other two are so minor. They shouldn't even come into play. But, again, let's... Uh, I'm, I'm just not there yet with Rovella. Not there with, yet with Rovella. In terms of playing, someone else playing in that Locatelli role, I think about that as well. And Hans Nicolucci Cavilli would have to do a hell of a lot more for me to uh, be ready for that. He looked good in the showing against uh, Milan and whatnot, but ultimately, even through last season and whatnot, he was getting some praise out there. Uh, Salernitana, I believe, whatnot, but I didn't really, I didn't really see it whatnot. He's got some question marks too in terms of physical, but we'll see what happens. Max got some big decisions in the midfield, um, but I think the same guys that are slated to leave need to go. McKenny, I don't see no point in keeping um, him around. Uh, Zakaria, not in the project. Fine deals. Crucial for Juventus to move the guys that you know are out of the project. Absolutely crucial. But in the midfield, question marks all over the place. Question marks all over the place. But as far as... So, so who yeah. are the, the, the guys who have no question marks in midfield? To stay? Yeah. It's Rabiot, obviously. But for you, I mean, for the club, it's kind of obvious. Everyone but Rabiot, Lucatelli, and Fagioli. The yeah. rest are, you know, really dependent on what happens. Exactly. So there's a lot, a lot of decisions to be made in the midfield. But like, you know, and we want to throw... There's a lot that want to throw Rovella in there as this no question marks like he's staying with not but man this is a bad bad time for him to go down again and uh you, you gotta consider it and if you have another young kid that's around that's playing the role that can be there that can give you the minutes it's something you're probably gonna take into consideration the other thing that is also in play is that rovella has a lot of interest he does from teams and he could be a piece that you could move we need sales there's a lot of factors that could come into play here yeah i mean look how milan lost uh, tonali since then they have signed about six players i think relatively good signings so there there are stuff you can do with the money but i don't see Ravella leaving for even 50 million i think it will be maximum 25 uh, which I don't think is enough for a player of his caliber. I mean, players a lot worse get shipped out for a lot more money. I mean, Hoyland was just shipped out for about seventy-five million. That That's is almost like ten million a goal. Atalanta's selling ability is unbelievable because, like, they banked on a guy that had like six six good months essentially. Um, that's crazy to me. That's crazy. Yeah, gotta be credit to them. Credit I mean, to them by all means. 
Yes and no, because if Uber would have done that, they everyone would have screamed, uh, criminals, inflating prices, blah, blah, blah. There's no way Poland is worth $75 million. Milan spent that on uh, Christoph Piontek, and he was shit, and apparently still is. I mean, you got to be careful with those. I don't want Uber to go splashing, and don't fall into that game. If that... someone wants Rubella... Name the price. Eventually someone will pay or we'll get to keep him. I mean, it's a win-win. That deal is uh, absolutely uh, absurd. Someone brought up in the live chat the Lukaku uh, rumors and whatnot, and then obviously Lukaku talking. We saw the video, uh, somebody saying, hey, if you go to Juve, don't say Forza Juve, whatnot, and Romelo saying, I don't think it's even happening or whatnot. So putting rest. That whole thing could have been Juve um, just playing games and uh, messing with uh, Inter whatnot. I think there was some interest there, um, and they could have potentially made some move, but I just don't think anything happened with uh, Vlaovic and whatnot. Um, whether it was management that wanted to bring in Lukaku or it was Max Allegri, I think there was something there. But at the end of the day, I don't think anything's happening anymore. In terms of Inter, it's hilarious because they don't want to admit it. But the fact that they then backed out completely, okay, and shut themselves down out of it, probably taken a hit in terms of striker, because he's still sitting there, still available. They could make it work still. But this inferiority complex that they have with Juventus is absolutely hilarious. The only one that called them out on it is Nima. So credit to Nima for calling his own club out on their nonsense because he said this is absolutely ridiculous, this inferior, this inferiority complex that we have with everything Juve related to the point now where they're coming in messing with you and you have completely let it overrun you to the point where you've shut yourself down out of a move you probably should be making. Um, I love it. I absolutely love hearing that. Any thoughts on that, Omar, before we get going? Oh, good old Serie A. I mean, that's, those are the reasons I fell in love with the league. All this drama behind the scenes, that's what I love. That's what I live for in this league. All the stories in the background. There was one story, an old one, with Luciano uh, Moji. He went to, I don't, I don't remember who the player was, but he went to watch some friendly game, and yeah. he was scouting a player there, and he spotted an, an Inter scout. So we just started talking about some other random bad player from the team. And like a week later, Inter bought him. The guy he was talking about. And he was shit. I can't even remember his name. And so we like duped them into buying some crap player. That's why I love the league. Moji and the the distractions was uh, was gold because he had a ton of them. And he played them all the time. Uh, Moji was uh, something else. He was something else. Um, in terms of where, where was we going to, oh man. So the inter thing, we were talking about, uh, the Hoyland deal, which is absolutely insane. Someone, uh, Alex P mentioning the Tonali deal is crazy. I thought so as well. Um, these deals. I'm not, I'm not so sure about that, about that deal specifically, because Tonali does have credit to his name. He did win a Scudetto. He did make it to a Champions League semifinal. I mean, there are. Man, he is he, not he is not a 70 mil guy. 
in my opinion. He's just not. And, and, and Ben White is not a 60 million guy. I mean, the prices are already inflated. So when we're talking about someone who won a Scudetto, Champions League semifinalist, you can make the argument. Yeah. If Hoyland, who had good six months and is shipped out for the same price, I mean, then Tonali is more justified than that. Man, you know what else I saw that was kind of funny was uh, on Twitter. Um, here, I got I got to pull it up hey, to. Uh, it's called it's called X now. We we gotta get used to it. No, 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 no. Actually, my app hasn't uploaded yet, so it's still Twitter. Oh, mine has. <clears throat> it's an X. It's an ugly X. I gotta find this. It was uh, in regards to. Um, oh, it might be might have gone disappeared anyways it was uh guy's handle was log off brent and to be honest should have logged off immediately um before he even putting this out there but he says if harry Maguire, because there's rumors about harry Maguire, and even juve's been linked in there and our fan base is like jesus that would solidify the banter era bringing in harry Maguire, and uh <clears throat> the take was against the syria fans saying they don't want Harry Maguire in there. And he said uh, Harry Maguire would step in and look like Franco Baresi in Serie A. And I just had to laugh. And uh, Harry Maguire wouldn't look like Franco Baresi on Halloween. Fra- he wouldn't look like Franco Baresi at a children's playground playing football with uh, kids my daughter's age, okay? This guy, like, it's just hilarious. The Prem heads make me laugh okay i would take a no-legged franco baresi before harry Maguire because even on one leg franco baresi almost led the azzurri to glory in 94 with roberto baggio's help it's hilarious but uh it just never seems to uh amaze me the level the prem heads go to in statements no, and whatnot, you, but uh, it's no, you should have as a, as a football fan, you should have some sort of you know respect to players you never watched. How can I comment on how good Pele was and and say like Ronaldo is better, Messi is better? I have no idea, no idea. I haven't watched him play. I, I had a poll, not a poll, but a question recently who are your top three UV players ever? And just based on the on the reactions, you can know when someone has started watching the team and how long they've been watching. So if you haven't watched Platini, you can tell me that. And Dybala was better than Platini. I, I won't have that unless you watch them both play at their prime. <clears throat> and that's a big thing. Everyone likes to think they have watched the, the best player ever play football when they were watching. But got to take into account that you might have not. You might yeah. have not seen the best player ever. But the best is for you. It's who you, who you ever feel is the best player ever. But it isn't Harry Maguire, I'll tell you that. I mean, you, you can remember that all the Van Dyke is the best defender ever, better than... Oh, yeah. I mean, it never stops. It never fails. The disrespect that they threw around to some of these guys, like Barres, Maldini was like... Oh, my God. Every It was like his name every time somebody comes in the Prem or whatever and makes a name. It's like, oh, better than Maldini, better than Maldini. It's like, settle down. Maldini is all time in two positions, for Christ's sake. Okay? All time in two positions. 
not just center back, okay, full back as well. Like they gotta they gotta pump the brakes. And, and he did that for 25 years. I mean, Van Dijk had two top level seasons. Max. Man, <laughs> he he was Juventino as well, Maldini. Why he was so great, but uh, man. Yeah, too, I, in the in the question, I uh, I uploaded actually two people answered Maldini, so he was ranked higher than like Viali and some other guys because I don't know someone voted for Maldini as his favorite Juve player ever. Man, so uh, it was interesting, and it's interesting you talk about having watch guys because a friend of our show, uh, Alfredo from uh, Azzurri TV, he had uh, this TikTok come up, and it was this question, and he had um, uh, JFTV on there too. It was good. It's fun. It was a Napoli fan, another Juve fan. Alfredo's a Juve fan himself, but they were talking about rate these. Uh, it was like start bench sell. But it was Pirlo Verratti De Rossi, okay? And it's funny how you talk about not having seen players because uh, the one uh, took some flack, uh, JFTV, because he he answered exactly in that order. He said Pirlo, Verratti, and then De Rossi. So he started to take a little bit of heat because his Verratti for him is clear. But he did state and preface it by saying, I had not seen De Rossi in his prime so at least he was speaking to that fact that you bring up is that hey i didn't see de rossi in his prime or anything so for me it's pirlo verati de rossi pirlo's clear in that one we gotta just say like oh, it's not even close so pirlo's clear on that but verati and de rossi you have to bench one and sell the other who are you taking omar between Verratti and De Rossi? Because Pirlo's going to take your start every time out of those three. So who's benching and who are you selling if it's left to Verratti and De Rossi? Oh, hands down. I, I'm keeping De Rossi and selling Verratti. No question. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting. Like, I sit there and think about it, and it's like, your preference is like, Verratti's... I, I've always liked Verassi. De Rossi was just an animal, though. And the versatility that he carried and everything he can do, I would take De Rossi at his prime over uh, Verratti. And it's not like a knock on Verratti to get beat by uh, De Rossi. De Rossi was just an animal. and when Yeah, he, I mean, it's, it's not downplaying Verratti, but... Like the I mean, thing with the Rossi is that you're not even sacrificing a lot technically to say that, you know, I want to take this technically because that was the argument there. He said, I prefer technically gifted players. And I think he said, you can flat out say Verratti is a way better technical player than De Rossi. But it's not that clear. Like De Rossi was very, very good technically as well. Um, so it's not. Like it's I the, don't it's think the it's head. so it's clear. The head. It's it's the spirit that De Rossi had. It's something that we as Juve fans really like. It's those Takinardi type of players, and the players yeah. that give it all on the field every game. Verratti had a wasted career, in my opinion. Yeah, De Rossi for me takes that one uh, second to Pirlo. I would go Pirlo, De Rossi, and then Verratti. And I like Verratti. I think he's uh, a great midfielder, but. De Rossi was something else, man. The fact when he dropped back to center back for uh, 
Um, the Azzurri even playing as a center back against Spain and whatnot, the game he had, um, especially with that team in front of there, it's, it's crazy, but, uh, man, and, and I, that's I'm not, not an underestimating under, Verratti. It's not no, underestimating Verratti. I think he's a genius to be honest. Um, I love Verratti. Um, everybody knows that I've always loved Verratti, but De Rossi is, man, he was an absolute animal. He takes that one for yeah. me. It's not a knock yeah. to Verratti to go out to De Rossi. No, I think Verratti would agree to. Um, just <laughs> just to say uh, what happened with uh, Moji, the names. I don't know who you were scouting, but it happened in 1999 because someone said here, I think it was Aldo, said it was Zidane and Yuri Jorkev. It wasn't them. It was in 1999. And the player was Cyril Domoro. That was man. I, I can't no believe you found me. that. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me, everybody. Questions you have, fire away. We're keeping tabs on any news coming in. It's being kind of slow. We need to pick it up in terms of sales. But uh, as far as everything, Kessie rumors still continue and persist to the point where it's just Juve looking for a yes. And just wanting uh, him to come in and whatnot. De Winter, more and more rumors about his sale and uh, teams coming up and whatnot for him. We got to wait and see what develops here. Um, Chiesa and Vlaovic, I think both are staying around, to be honest. Um, so, uh, yeah, don't expect a big, big player leaving Juve. And I hope that that's uh, the case come the end of it. There are more and more rumors surfacing about Juve bringing in a capital increase as well. That's something I spoke a lot about. It makes sense, um, especially if you're going to struggle to move guys and sell guys. Hey, capital increase, get it in, get ready, because there are going to be more penalties to come. Something that we didn't tackle in the Conference League news, there is a 20 million euro fine there as well. Obviously going to miss out on some revenue, but not a great deal out of the conference league and whatnot. So, uh, yeah, you've just got to make some moves. We've got to sell. We've got to sell. That's what it comes down to. Sacrificing young guys is something that might take place. Illing Jr. rumors continue to surface. 18 million euro offer was put forth to Juventus. They refused it. Apparently, not because of anything other than the fact it's not at the range they want to see, which is somewhere between 20 and 25 million euros. I would like to see them not sell Illing Jr. Who are the young guys I, you're ready to part with? Um, Baranachea, Sule, and Nicolusi Caviglia. And I think that's about it. Maybe the winter. I mean, I don't want the winter to leave, but it seems like it's going to happen anyway. But I think there's a place for the rest. If you keep Ealing and Kostic, I understand there's no room for Cambiasso, but he did play as a right back for Bologna. So maybe instead of shopping for Emil Holm or whoever, just move into that spot and start working with him there and have him be the replacement for where. And in two, three years' time, it will pay dividends. I'm sure of that because I do think he's a talented player and I do want to keep him and I don't want to go shopping for another guy. I think it's a shame to miss out on him. Would you sell Moretti if a strong offer came in? 
What's a strong offer? I don't know. What's a strong offer to you for Moretti? I'm just saying, if a strong offer came in, would you sell him? I think that for 35 million, I I would consider it. 40 million, I would sell. Anything yeah, that would be that, insane. I think that would be massive offer right now for Moretti. That's massive. Less than that, I, I, I wouldn't sell him for less than that. Yeah, so if 20 million offer came in for him, uh, outright purchase, you would say no? No. Kind of in the Might same be boat. wrong in a few years, but right now I want. Yeah, Sule, I agree. I think uh, I think I'd part ways, especially if what we've come down to with him is a wing back role. Sell him, um, yeah. just sell him, and to be honest, do it for his good as well. Like if that's what it's come down to. So. And he was asked today by a fan. I think it was today. Um, if he's staying and he said, I don't know, the video was circling around on Twitter. So he doesn't know either. That means he's maybe looking or you are looking to sell him. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see what happens. Uh, Storm the Barn, guys, get your Storm the Barn questions. And don't forget to like the video too. Please take a second to do so. All right. Adad, what center back would you bring in to Juventus if Devinter leaves Sandro Bonucci gets sidelined personally. Return of Demiral or full attack on Scalvini? Scalvini price tag is just nowhere realistic for Juve at the moment. Um, that's just the way it is. Um, I would like Scalvini. I've also, I'm also kind of like on the fence about Scalvini, to be honest. Um, kind of on the fence about it. Return of Demiral... I feel like it's passed, and I don't think I'd go that route again. Um, that That's just me. Omar? Yeah, I agree. Demerol, I think the ship has sailed. Scalvini, I was on the Scalvini train for a good portion of the season, but towards the end of the season, and then that, uh, what was it, Euro U21, he was underachieving, underimpressing, just... I wasn't impressed with him at all. I think he had a lot of mistakes in him. So he's not worth the 40 million Atalanta are asking for. And we shouldn't be the suckers that pay for that. I really wanted Ndika. Uh, but Roma got him. So if we do lose one, and depends what we're buying. Are we buying a first-team player or a rotational guy? Well, that's just it. Three guys, we talked about it. Danilo Bremergati. If I'm going to end up going... Uh... If I'm going to end up go bringing guys in, it's probably just going to be in the rotation. Like a strong rotational piece would be ideal. That's why I'm thinking like I'd probably keep DeVinter around. You still have Rugani who, again, has been solid for several seasons now coming in there. So I'm okay with young guys staying in there, to be honest, and getting rotational minutes. Like that's why the DeVinter thing's kind of a shame for me because I think this is the season to get that opportunity yeah. and get your rotations in and whatnot. And the Facundo Gonzalez deal, like maybe the same goes for him and staying up and training with us and, you know, going through it. I, I, I just, I don't know. Like if you're going to bring in a, a mainstay guy, like you got to have that money. So we still have to make deals. Like I just don't see it happening. So it'd be a young guy for yes, me and it'd be so rotational. Yeah, so the opening I see for, you know, a top-caliber guy would only be Imeric Laporte, 
if Man City finalized the Vardiol deal, and I think we're going to get him on a relatively good price. He is experienced. Uh, I, I like him. I like him as a as a defender. Yeah, if that would be not good. Him, that would yeah, be solid. Yeah, left-footed guy. I mean, a lot of ships have sailed. Koulibaly was talked about. He would have been a good solution. But if not those guys, then yes, someone rotational. Yeah. Yeah. We got another one. Keep them coming, everybody. And I'm saying, do you think selling Sule is fine, although no other than him and Chiesa could play as a second striker in a 3-5-2? So, Omer and I both literally just finished uh, saying the fact that we would sell um, Sule. But as far as them being the only ones that could play as a second striker, Chiesa and Sule... Let me think about this. You can, you can play two strikers when Milik is one of them, because of the way that he plays. So you do have Milik. You do have Chiesa. Um, I don't think Yildiz is going to be with the first team this season. That's a guy that can play it as well. Um, Illing Junior. If you're going to play him at Metsala, I'd almost play him as a second striker to be honest uh before i play him as mitsala but left wing back role i'd still be fine selling sule to be honest um i'm not too fired up on not enough guys playing second striker if we had to revert to a 3-4-3 or even 3-4-1-2 and get uh one of your midfielders playing in that attacking role and support role, maybe like Fajoli, I'm willing to do that as well. But I don't think it's the be-all, end-all. So I'm still fine selling Sule. Omar? I think Miretti can play that role relatively good. From what yeah. I've seen, Chiesa pulls a lot to the left. So I don't know. It depends on kind of what, what the system is and what Allegri wants them to do because... Maybe maybe Chiesa is more comfortable there. Maybe it's because of his attributes. That's where Allegri is pushing. And if Miretti is there, then he'll have different instructions for him. I don't want to see any of our three strikers play together. I don't think there's a good mix in any of them. Vlahovic, Keane, or Milik. It just doesn't work together. I think yeah. the answer is in Ildis. I think Ildis is probably will be a good time to start utilizing him and uh, rotating him a bit with Chiesa here and there and see what he can actually do. Yeah. Alex uh, P's got a good shot too Sule because uh, Weah. Weah can do it as well. Weah can play uh, in that role for sure. Yeah, he did play there. Yeah. If we do end up signing someone like Jonathan David or I don't know, some of the names, maybe Zaniolo, Zaniolo's name will still pop up, then I would play him there. Yeah. Well, the thing is, when you hear all that, it's it, it was all drawn up by the uncertainty around our top guys. And that's starting to fade. And, you know, the last we heard was Juntoli speaking to the fact that they are banking a lot on Chiesa and Vlaovic this season. So, I I believe it. I believe it. They're banking they a lot. I think, I think this is kind of like the do-or-die season in a lot of ways for not just uh players but 
potentially our coach as well, whatever. But I really see this as a do or die season for a lot of the guys around. And those guys and, would be two of them, Vlaovic and Chiesa. Uh, Chiesa is going to go the final thing. contract year. Um, Vlaovic has to have a better showing than he did last season. Uh, this Pubalja thing is brutal. Um, so hoping for the best there. But this is make or break, I think, for those guys. Yeah, and this is also the... I think it's the only time we can actually extend Chiesa because his contract runs up in 2024, June 2024. Yeah. So we'll get lowballed with offers uh, when June comes around. Yeah, it's going to be... Uh... It's going to be interesting to see what goes down. The Chiesa renewal thing, already hearing rumors about it, getting some counterwords from his entourage and whatnot, his agent uh, as well. <clears throat> Nobody knows what goes on behind the scenes, so it could play out anyway. Who knows? But everybody, we're going to wrap up on that note. Obviously, U.S. tour continuing. We have Real Madrid next. Orlando next stop for Juve. They wrap things up and uh, are heading that way. For anybody curious, I get a lot of messages. Everybody's wondering what's going on. <clears throat> Excuse me. Man, fires everywhere. Smoke is actually like getting into the... It's brutal. It's brutal here anyways. Give me a dry throat anyways. Forest fires every single summer, man. It's painful. Listen, Orlando... If you're trying to find the club, you want to know where they're at, you want to see them, they're staying at the Omni, okay? So they're going to be at the Omni Resort there. Eventbrite. If you go to the website Eventbrite, there should still be tickets available. There is a meet and greet, okay, where they are selling tickets. It's going to be at Pele Soccer. The players are Locatelli, McKenney, Pedin. And I, the fourth one eludes me. I want to say it was uh, Miretti, but I'm not 100% sure there. I can't remember the fourth player, but there are four players doing a meet and greet there. There were talks about an open training session. I believe it is not going to go down. I believe that that is getting uh, canceled as well, which is unfortunate. Everybody knows what went down on my trip to San Francisco um ended up being just uh my wife and i touring the city for four or five days which actually still was fantastic and a nice getaway nice break unfortunately didn't get to do anything juventus related barcelona got the shits i don't know why in this day and age they can't just pop some pepto-bismol some emodium and uh, go they had 10 hours before game time but barca decided to cancel Juve made a mess of the rest of the proceedings, uh, booking a training session without actually checking with the facility. Then the facility wouldn't open the doors. Anyways, San Francisco didn't play out. But Toronto, Toronto, mid-October, big event going down, waiting, waiting for just a couple final pieces to fall in place. But there should be announcement coming for that, hopefully in the next few weeks, okay? And then I might be going to Turin in April. Might be going to Turin for a game in April. Omar. If you're going, I'm joining you. There you go. I was going to say, if I make this happen and we go down, we're going to connect in Turin. And for any of the AJC Army out there, 
I will let it be known well in advance if this is going to play out and then hopefully we can set something up and all meet up at the same match and have uh, a great time in Turin. You guys have been great as always. Please take a second, like the video on your way out. This wraps up the live session now. You guys know the drill. I'll keep you up to date on the daily update videos. We'll have another live coming up uh, this week. And uh, yeah, that's uh, kind of it. Things are a little bit quiet, a little too quiet. We gotta get the sales ramped up, all right? Let's see what uh, goes down. Omar, anything maybe we didn't tackle you wanna close out with before we go? Um. No, nothing comes to mind. No? All right. I'm going to be taking it easy today. Uh, it's too smoky outside. I wanted to go have a training session. I was out there yesterday, and uh, it got windy, and all the smoke came in. I was in the middle. I was having a free kick session in the backyard. There was beautiful, absolutely beautiful. And then the smoke built in. I had to leave, and it doesn't look like I'm going to get to the pitch today. So, PlayStation 5, FIFA, let's go. You guys want to reach out on uh, Twitter or X? As, uh, you know, the kids call it nowadays. Reach out. Maybe we'll have a game or two, all right? Thank you, guys, as always. Apex, thank you, all right, for the continued support. Uh, we keep pushing on. Let's see what happens. We're going to look forward to uh, another uh, friendly coming up against Real Madrid. That'll be a much, much different one than the Milan. We'll see. Another little bit of some type of measuring stick anyways for us. Uh, not the be-all, end-all. But let's see how we do, all right? Everybody, enjoy the rest of your weekends. We'll talk to you real soon. As always, fino alla fine. Forza Juve. Ciao a tutti. Yeah.